Dr. Alex Lloyd here. Thank you for welcoming me on the Spiritual Laws of Nature. Today we are on question number four of a series that I call the five questions or the five big questions. Maybe the biggest questions in the history of all mankind and the things that we have debated for centuries what are the answers to? And I'm trying to give you my take on this through the lens of love and truth and spirituality and living your absolutely best life. Okay? Now, uh, this version is for anyone and everyone. There's another version that are that is for people who believe in Jesus. So, wherever you feel best, I, I would check them both out, but wherever you feel most comfortable, is fine. And let me start out with a um, <clears throat> kind of a little post-it note as we're through three of the big questions and now going on to um, four. And we, we've, we've talked about this, but I don't know that I put all the pieces together, okay? Uh, I talked about how um, after Hope threw me out of the house, um, I started searching every religion, every worldview. Uh, didn't really have any particular belief at that time. Had thrown everything overboard because nothing was working. Okay, but I did believe that if there was that I, the things that I felt like would point me to the true worldview were number one, love that it had to be love-based. Truth had to be in truth, not lies, uh, uh, whether that's uh, person to person or from God to us or whoever to us, okay, or us to each other, okay? So um, had to be the truth, had to be love. There had to be justice, okay? Um, we have a justice thing built into us. Every counselor, therapist, um, uh, preacher, pastor, priest, medical doctor, I mean probably everyone in the world who has dealings with people who are in troubled times or trying to live a better life can tell you that the number one thing is it's not fair. Right? You felt that, right? Most of us have a million times. It's not fair. And we have a natural about something being not fair. Unless it's in our favor, then maybe we're okay with it. But uh, to the point, there was a uh, an NFL football game, the playoffs between the Rams and the Saints at New Orleans, and there was a play at the end of the game that the referee miscalled. In fact, everybody after the game admitted it was miscalled. But that one call caused the wrong team to win the game and be in the Super Bowl, okay? And it had never really happened before. And I mean, it the world was just immediately exploded with unfairness, all right? That's a real thing that's built into us. We're supposed to seek that. I believe that's part of our built-in, in order for some something to truly be right by our conscience, it needs to be win-win, win-win, or win-win-win, not just win-win. Okay? Now, that, you're getting lost in the wins. Win is if I win. 
Win-win is it needs to be a win for me and you. Win-win-win is it needs to be a win for me, you, and everyone else concerned. And I believe we have a built-in in our conscience win-win-win thing. That even if you and I do a business deal, and it's very lucrative and successful for us, but the people that buy the product get ripped off because it's a totally bad product. And I actually did that once when I joined a company and started selling something, had to go back and apologize to everyone I made a sale to. It was terrible. Okay. But this is built into us. Justice, fairness is built into us. And we don't feel right if something's not fair. Okay. And then the last one is grace. Uh, I said before, Love would always choose grace as the end result for the recipient of their love. It would never choose law and punishment and condemnation and that sort of thing, even if they did mess up. Because the person you love, you want to have another chance and you want to have good outcomes for them. And you know the bad outcome can discourage them or hurt them. Now, discipline sometimes is is very love-based and valuable. Uh, Don't get me wrong there. But the end result that we want for ourselves and others is grace. Well, what's the opposite of grace? It's law. It's I've got to do this just right or... Fill in the blank. I'm going to hell. I'm not good enough. I'm a bad person. That's all law. Me messing up and there, and it's okay because the person who loves me has already paid for that. That's what I want, and that's what everyone wants. So if there's an ideal worldview, back when I started searching at 28, I determined it would be made up of those four things. Okay? Love, truth, fairness, uh, fairness, justice, and grace. And if there was such a worldview and it was true, that would be (laughs) unbelievable. I mean, beyond incredible and it would take all the pressure off me as a person to have to perform to prove my worth but I would just be a person already of worth doing the best I can which is a totally different situation. Well what I wanted to give you the little post-it note about is that the opposite of those things in other words we've got um, we've got on one side Love, truth, justice, and grace. All right? On this, on the other side, and there's always another side, there's fear and self-interest. For truth, there's falsehood. For justice, there's injustice, or it's not fair. And for grace, there's law, condemnation, punishment. Okay, well, 
Some of you probably guess what I'm about to say. When we live here, the hypothalamus flips the, the success switch and we function correctly in the way that we're supposed to function. Automatic positive thoughts, feelings, chemicals, hormones, more energy, uh, everything you would identify as success. However, if you are in the self-interest fear place, it, your hypothalamus flips the fear, death, fight or flight response, okay, which is the opposite of all those things I just named. No energy, anxiety, worry, fear, anger, rejection, low self-worth, etc. Okay, and all it needs is one of them, meaning if all that happens here is I switch out of love to fear, my stress response gets turned on and the success response turned off. All right? If all that happens is I embrace a falsehood in order for something uh, of my own benefit. I have a friend who was in the FBI for more than 30 years. I asked him <clears throat> one day, um, what, what's the biggest thing you learned? in 30 years in the FBI, and he said, everybody lies. And he said they lie for two reasons, to get something or get out of something. Okay, so if I embrace falsehood to get something or get out of something, immediately my stress response fear switch is turned on because it violates my conscience. And so does the self-interest instead of love. It violates my conscience, the law that is written on my heart, all right? That is what I believe about that situation. It should be fair. I should not have lied, okay? Now, I'm not getting into situation ethics here where I tell a lie because there's a murderer who's just... Uh, come into our home, and if I don't lie, he's going to go straight under the staircase and kill my wife and kids. I believe I can lie to him in love, but let's not get off on that. That, that is sort of an endless um, debate. But for the most part, when I lie to get something or get out of something, it's for something selfish, and I know I'm, I am violating my own belief system. Okay, well, that spikes my stress. Okay, and by the way, a, a stress test, a, a lie detector test is a stress test. That's all it is. All right, or all I do is injustice. Okay, I have some sort of a business dealing with someone, and instead of telling them the entire story, I hold a little bitty thing back that will make it just a little bit more profitable for me than it will for them, spikes my stress. Last one, uh, someone does something wrong and I come down on them with law and punishment, all right? Spikes my stress, okay? What feels right in that situation is grace, okay? And, and to come down on someone like that 
I'm violating my own belief system unless I feel like it's in love. Like, um, let's say Harry had been into drug use as a teenager. He wasn't. But let's say he was and he got caught and put in jail for a few days. It might very be the best loving thing in my honest opinion for him to sit in jail for a few days to learn this lesson about this, but my end is, is still always going to be grace and you're forgiven and you can have another chance and etc. Okay? So anytime we choose consciously or unconsciously over here, it turns success response off, failure response on. If it's already on, it just spikes it more for as long as we're doing this. If we live over here, if there is a true reality worldview way, I can live over here. If that is possible and available, then the stress switch gets turned off, the success switch turned on, and every time I do one of these again, it gets turned on more and more. Okay? So, um, these, these first three steps that we've gone through, the meaning of life, the purpose of your life, the greatest lie, and now the greatest truth, they all revolve around these things. Okay? Because these are the great spiritual laws of nature, I believe. Okay, so that's just a post-it note to sort of tie together maybe some of the things that we've been talking about. Let me get a drink of water. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what is the greatest truth in the world today, maybe even in the history of the universe and the world that is so powerful that if you believe it, embrace it, commit to it, and live it, it can take you to your absolute best life or close to that. Okay? And this one I think is pretty simple. Um, of course! It's love. <laughs> what else could you imagine it might be? Um, there's a reason, I believe. All the songs are about love. All the poems are about love. All the great stories involve love. All right? Uh, the Harvard Grant study, biggest study in the history of the world on the human condition. And they're trying to determine it, what, what is the absolute best way to live for the human condition. And they weren't considering religion or worldview or any of that, all right? 75 years, over $20 million, longest, most expensive study ever done of its kind on this. And the, the end result, and this is a direct quote um, by Dr. Grant, the caretaker of the study. He wrote a book about it, bestseller. You can go find it. This is a direct quote on him, the summation of that work. Happiness equals love, full stop. Full stop meaning end of discussion, period. We don't need to go any farther. That's it. There's no doubt. Happiness equals love, full stop. Okay? 
So the very best thing, the, the, the way that this human condition can function properly the most and malfunction the least is for me to choose as best I can day by day for the rest of my life, love. Okay? So if the answer is love, and we've known about it for hundreds of years, I mean way back to Plato and Socrates and all that, then wait a minute, how can that be right if we've known about it that long and well, I think there's two reasons. Number one is even though we know it's about love, and that's the only thing that will really long-term satisfy and fulfill me, etc., the flesh is weak. And we, uh, we decide we want instant gratification now. And yeah, we still believe in the love thing, and we'll still do that long-term, but I need something that feels good now, so we go to instant gratification. So, And then we end up doing that over and over and over and over in a vicious cycle. So even though we know it's love, we choose just from weakness the other choice. Okay? I think the second reason is because a lot of people uh, think they are committed and living to love, living for love, and they're really not because there is a fake love. And as I've counseled with people over 35 years, uh, I have no idea how many how because I have no idea how many because it's been lots of one-on-one groups, small groups, thousands at a time. Uh, but when I ask people the right questions, about 99% of them tell me, even in groups of thousands by raising their hand, that what they have been doing long-term, maybe without realizing it, is fake love, not real love. And, and there may be like a, a part of our life that is real love. I think I mentioned this on the last segment. Maybe for your children, you do have more of real love, okay? But for everyone else lots of times, including a significant other, we are really living fake love and calling it real love. Okay, well, what's behind the Wizard of Oz curtain on fake love? It's this. All right? It's fear, self-interest, falsehood, injustice, and law. Okay? I'm going to manipulate my circumstances to get this end result or I'm going to manipulate my circumstances to get this instant gratification, all right, rather than working toward it slowly and steadily, but the end result is not even my goal. My goal is the present moment in love as best I can, all right? Instead of doing that, we're focused on the end result with our three-step blueprint. Decide what I want, develop a plan to get it, put the plan into action with my willpower until I get it. Okay? Um, this first occurred to me, and I'm not going to recover the whole thing because this was in the greatest principle in the foundational material, but um, 
when Hope kicked me out of the house uh, two years after we got married, if you had asked me if I loved her, I would have probably laughed. And, and, and you, why are you laughing? Of, yes, I love her. I love her way up here. I mean, I tell her five times a day I love her. I'm kind to her. I don't do anything to intentionally hurt her. I, yes, I love her. I didn't love her. Because my relationship with her was more like a business deal. I'll do this if you'll do that. I won't do this if you won't do that. And hers was too for me. And then if she didn't do what I thought was her part and I didn't do what uh, she thought was my part, we would each experience something in the anger family. Anger, irritation, frustration, resentment, bitterness, overwhelmed, um, anxiety, something in the anger family. Okay? Well, that's pretty much proof that you had a wrong goal, and it was a wrong goal because it was based over here. The only right goal is in the present moment in love as best I can, and giving the end results and giving the instant or delayed gratification up to love, up to God. That's not my gig. Yeah, if you ask me, I can tell you exactly what I would prefer to have happen, but that's not my gig. Am I working toward that? Yeah. Yeah, I am. But I may get there. I may never get there. I may halfway get there and decide it's not what I want most, okay? But that's okay, because my goal is the present moment in love, no, as best I can, no matter what, all right? Okay, so now that's your question. Have you been living real love or fake love? Do you have one of those internal lists, okay? I, I'm supposed to do this, she's not supposed to do that. If she does that, do I get irritated? If she doesn't do something I'm thinking she should be doing, do I get irritated? If so, then way down deep, it's probably business deal love, not real love. In other words, fake love instead of real love. Real love, as I've already described in a couple of different places, keeps no record of wrongs, is all in no matter what, no plan B, no safety net. It is not at all dependent on what they do or don't do. I'm kind basically all the time about the only things that make me angry are like injustices to little children and things like that, but I don't get angry over her not doing stuff or doing stuff related to me. I'm disappointed, but then I bounce back and pray for her and try to love her even better, whatever. And it's forever. There's no expiration date. Even if they're married to someone else or they do this horrible thing to you and then you don't talk to them for 20 years, no, uh, that's fake love. You still love them every day for 20 years as best you can, no matter what they did to you. Okay? So which one are you doing? The fake love 
as the name might indicate, is fake. So instead of taking you to success, the success mechanism in your brain where all that good stuff happens and you can't even stop it if you try, and it takes you automatically to your best possible life or really close to it, okay? Just as that's what happens here when you choose fake love and maybe even think you are really loving, but this is what's happening in the mechanism in your body and mind that you can't see. It's really taking you over here and the stress, fight or flight, death mechanism is activated and bigger and bigger. All right? And the way to tell are those components of real love and the anger and anxiety that come when you are choosing fake love and someone and something happens that is not what you wanted to have happen. That that is the test for where you are. If you have something that you did not want to have happen happen that's not life-threatening and you're disappointed very briefly but then right back over here, love, joy, peace, etc., then you may very well be living real love. However, something happens that you did not want to happen, not a, not a life or death emergency, and um, you're immediately and it's not even in your control. Go to anger, irritation, frustration, feel like cussing, feel like yelling into a pillow, whatever, all right? Then at least to some extent, this is on a continuum from like minus 10 to plus 10, at least to some extent, you're living over here, but think you're living over here because you say love a lot. And if people ask you the questions, you would, answer love. So you really are the victim. You're being deceived. But you can choose starting right now to live real love instead of fake love now that you know the difference. And, and now that maybe you know the truth about where you have been that you didn't realize, just like that's where I was when Hope kicked me out of the house, but I would have sworn I was over here. But I wasn't. And you can't fool your heart. Your heart knows where you're really committed. And, and, and here's the thing, too. Even though I would have said a hundred times out of a hundred that I loved Hope when she kicked me out of the house, I knew this was not what I was feeling. What I was feeling was negative thoughts, negative feelings, more and more pain in my body. Things were sliding into the ditch in all areas of my... I knew that, yeah, I'm, I, I, and that's what made it not make sense, is I felt like I was committed to love, but all this terrible stuff was happening. Then I learned I'd never even, I'd never loved hope. I'd never loved, even really understood what love was. What I was calling love was a business deal where the definition is what's in it for me. And so if you start making things happen that I don't want to happen, then 
I'm going to change something for my self-interest. Okay? So, that is the greatest secret, I believe, to me, from my perspective, in the history of the universe. That understanding, choosing, committing to long-term, no matter what, to real love will automatically give you what you want as far as your daily life experience and take you to your best possible life. Like, like a GPS programmed into a ship where no one even steers it. It just goes there. Okay? If what you're choosing is real love, not fake love. And if you've been doing fake love, that's no big deal. In my experience, over 90% of people do. And, and even people who do real love, like with their children and maybe another person, they're doing some real love and some fake love too. All right? Well, you need to get it as close as you can to 100% real love. That's the most powerful operation of your success mechanism. That's where you function at peak performance, not just without malfunctions. And now you're starting to have happen what's beyond your imagination, the fullness of life, all of that. Okay, so um, that to me is the greatest truth. And then in the last segment, question number five, how can you solve the biggest problem in your life? All right? So um, I, I hope I don't even have to say that is critical because that's going to tie all four of these together and then take the last step where this is not just theory. This is, this is transformational life change for the rest of your life where you quit malfunctioning and start peak performing and it's effortless and automatic. Not to say you won't make mistakes. You will. Everyone does. Okay? But those mistakes are already paid for. They're already covered. No problem. Because we got grace. And, ju and real justice that was paid for. No such thing as cheap grace. Real, cheap justice. Um, real justice has to be paid for. Or it violates that fairness thing. Okay. Thank you so very much. Hope you join me for question number five and have a wonderful blessed day.